Welcome to Hearts Aligned, a tapestry of heart-touching stories, motivation, wisdom, and inspiration. Join your host, Deshaun Williams, every Monday at 4.30 p.m. as they connect and align hearts. Today we have Mr. Ilya Morakovich on the show today as we discuss our new series, Awareness and Change, Sharing Your Views on Mental Health. So how are you today? Hey, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Um, so definitely, if you would like, um, share with the audience um, and the people listening in um, what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a men's uh, life coach, relationship coach, whatever you want to call it, uh, my hope and my work is focused on helping men transition forward into a life where they can show up fully for those that matter most. Uh, many men, um, myself included, for seasons of life, get trapped in sort of these destructive, self-sabotaging cycles. And so part of the work we do is we, uh, we identify those things, we create a course of action, and uh, we begin to move on initiating change, addressing some of the crisis stuff first, or the initial reasons you can't come in. But over time, the conversation is meant to help unravel and unpack some of the uh, background issues that are on the table that may or may not even be uh, on the forefront of our minds yet. So, awesome, awesome. Um, so first things first, I want to ask, how did you get into the field of? Uh, of wanting to help those with mental health, uh, ADHD and things of that nature. Yeah, yep, yep. So uh, myself, I have my own ADHD journey, uh, early diagnosis, uh, medication through school, and then a, a stark transition where I, I stopped taking medication entirely and then sort of a reunion with it here in the last two years or so uh, and different variations of it as I try to figure out how do I maintain functionality, but maintain my identity as best as I can, knowing that uh, some of these medications can uh, change the way you act, think, behave. I was trying to be very sensitive to who I was in that process of trying to understand them and how they worked with me. Um, so that's a big part of my story. And then what I found over the last few years, I was a Christian minister for the past 10 years. And in a lot of my conversations with, with young men was around uh, how do I effectively take responsibility? How do I initiate change? Uh, in so many ways, a lack of self-discipline and a lack of self-leadership, uh, which lined up, unfortunately, with some of the natural tendencies of people with ADHD. And so it works uh, two birds with one stone, as it were, to focus in on some of those executive function issues, uh, but also working around some of the attachment disorder and RSD issues that come up with our ADHD specifically. Okay. Uh, that's amazing. Um, definitely did not think that you was a Christian minister. Uh, although you kind of give off that vibe. <laughs> I got a little bit of it. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit of that like youth pastor vibe going on. Yeah, I mean, did the whole thing for, like I said, 10 years. It's hard to shake, you know, <laughs> when it's your whole style at this point. <laughs> right. Um, but you've definitely piqued my interest in what is RSD? So it's, um, I always get the, the specific name, but, but it's a re rejection sensitive disorder. 
Uh, and so here's the problem with that term is that it's not functionally or actually in many ways a diagnosable thing, but it's something that people can self-report pretty effectively. And that's when you experience rejection or perceived rejection from scenarios that are uh, less intense than they might otherwise be. Uh, something as simple as maybe you didn't get a text from a friend at the right time. And uh, so you feel a sense of deep rejection and your value comes into question almost immediately. Uh, so that um, fear of rejection is just amplified in many ways. And that's just a way of self-reporting it. Okay. Uh, hey, something makes sense because I was like, what is RSD? I was like, I kind of yeah. feel bad not knowing what that is. But yes, I, I understand that. Um, yeah. Being a podcast host, being a speaker, you know, um, that's something that, that I've struggled with in the past as well. Um, hey, they didn't text back. Maybe I'm bothering them. Um, <laughs> and that's something that we have to get over. Um, so my next question is, so from a uh, youth pastor standpoint, <laughs> how do you think the church is doing on um, helping those with mental health? Sure. And I think that's a right out of the gate. That's a complicated question just because uh, anybody who's familiar with church work or church backgrounds understands that uh, there's a million different churches that all represent the church. And so when we talk about the church, uh, it's tough because, you know, your experience or someone else's experience might be the church down the road versus this big general picture of the church. So uh, what I would say is that uh, in general, um, maybe a very broad strokes approach, part of the church's messaging, uh, which kind of got uh, tilted at points uh, around positive and negative feedback and around how are you accepted, how are you good enough, this kind of hierarchical approach that um, has sort of crept in uh, over the last 100 to 150 years or more. Um, that unfortunately lends itself to taking anybody who's neurodivergent and creating a bit of anxiety in them, uh, especially when you have conditions along the lines of say depression, anxiety, ADHD, some of these neurodivergent uh, issues that are less prominent and less visible uh, because then it's very hard to explain. Uh, even in my staff roles over the last 10 years, one of the hardest things to explain was when I would get an email uh, and how much that would just my anxiety would go through the roof and I would hit fight or flight and I'd have to calm down. And eventually you kind of learn the coping skills to manage through those things. But it was very hard to explain that it wasn't me being lazy or not caring. Uh, it was me trying to figure out how do I manage all of these responses that are coming up from that. So in general, I'd say uh, the church does the best they can do with what they've got. And I think that usually when you go into a church, most times there's going to be a lot of acceptance, a lot of love. Um, even if they don't fully understand you, one of the most interesting things you're ever going to experience in a church is a bunch of people who uh, have a totally different worldview, totally different way of thinking. Maybe they're stuck 10, 15, 30 years ago in the past or even further, but they're kind of trying their best in this really clunky way, uh, but they're very sweet and they're trying. And I think that's one thing that maybe we don't give enough credit to the church in that regard is that there are people out there trying. They don't know how to try, but they're trying. <laughs> Right. Um, definitely love the answer. Um, so follow up question. This is going to be a very 
uh, I, I wouldn't say tough question, but this is the question that kind of leads um, to where the series is going to go. Um, sure. How would you say society um, is handling the topic of mental health and helping? Yeah, that is a that is a tough question. Um, my my thoughts on on society's involvement in the mental health conversation it, it seems as if we have these two pretty broad extremes that have sort of come to the surface where you have one side of the conversation um, that seems to be um, still kind of in this process of sweeping everything under the rug trying not to actually address that there's stuff going on uh, maybe trying to get rid of their own personal responsibility for uh, generational and uh, societal issues that have basically plagued us for years. But then you have this other end of the extreme as well, which uh, to some effect has taken mental health and used it as a way to remove the individual's responsibility and the individual's uh, accountability in how they participate in society. So um, as an example, I had a, a, I heard this a handful of different times, but one prominent story that stands out is a student with ADHD uh, came to uh, a group with us and he forgot his medication one that week and so he was he was kind of off the walls kind of going a little nuts and when I, I came out, i was like dude what are you doing and he was like well i'm adhd and i didn't take my meds and i was like yeah but that doesn't mean you get to just be crazy and he's like no but i'm crazy without my meds and so the story that he had been told is that there was a certain lack of personal responsibility uh that that came to the table when you when faced with certain mental health issues. And so I think there's there's that that difficult push and pull when having a conversation around how do you interact with mental health as a society is when, when's the when's the responsibility of society coming up against the personal responsibility of the individual in trying to initiate a health uh, transition and change. And I don't think there's an answer and I think we're going to screw it up consistently. Uh, but I think people are going to try their best and the people on the extremes are going to kind of do their thing and it's kind of up to the rest of us in the middle to sort of pick up some of the pieces and <laughs> do what we can. Right. Um, you know, being a mental health ambassador and being in that situation where, um, where I've been on medicine, like Adderall, um, being, um, depressed and things of that nature. I definitely understand what you're talking about, about, taking accountability and things like that because that was something I was told growing up like if you don't have your medicine then this is how you're gonna act or this is how he's gonna act and it's like no it's can I keep myself under control even if I don't have the medication can mm -hmm. I take that accountability can I take that responsibility so I definitely agree with what you're saying um and I I agree with you know we have those who's like suck it up you'll get over it and i and personally yeah. i believe that's something that we need to kind of get away from because um mental health is not a one and done thing um and so it's something that needs to be talked about a lot more because numbers are rising in it absolutely um, and so as we bring this uh interview to an end today uh, what is one quick tip that, um, that you would like to give to the listeners and what is the best way for them to contact you? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so for any of my uh, fellow neurodivergent ADHD folks out there, uh, probably the best quick tip I would give you is this piece of advice that I received from a friend of mine. Uh, it's never as good as you think, and it's never as bad as you think. It's always somewhere right between those two lines. Uh, so taking a minute to, to, to breathe, to rewind, to pause, to take a break. People aren't going to vanish while you're pre breathing. People aren't going to vanish while you're resetting. People aren't going to leave. This is how you can show up fully is by showing up as your fullest, truest self. Uh, if any of your listeners want to get in contact, uh, I'm at emcoaching.org. Uh, you guys can see the name of the group down there on my name. That's the E-M-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G dot org. Uh, you guys can set up like a 30-minute call just to see if working together is something that would be beneficial for you. And if it is, great. If it isn't, great. Uh, my, my goal here is to help serve, come alongside, and help people move forward. Yes, sir. Uh, 